Welcome to the Dream Hub podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Johnson, a dream therapist, teacher, and interpreter. Today, I have with me Amina. She's known for her deep passion and expertise in the realm of dreams and consciousness. You might recognize her from an episode I recorded with her early last year, or you may have heard me talking about the Dream World podcast. Well, this is the chick I've been raving about. (laughs) As the host of the Dream World podcast, Amina wants to create a vibrant community of dream enthusiasts and explorers. She's been lucid dreaming since childhood, which led her to embark on a lifelong journey of understanding the power of dream work as a whole. With a background in psychology and neuroscience, Amina pursued her academic studies in these fields while specifically focusing on lucid dreaming for creative inspiration during her master's thesis. Her undergraduate research delved into the depths of childhood dreams and memory, further fueling her love and fascination for the subject. During the 2020 pandemic, she founded The Dream World, an interactive platform that encourages dialogue and knowledge sharing among individuals interested in dream exploration. And as a published author, lucid dreaming coach, content creator, and community moderator, Amina strives to inspire others to embark on their own inner lucid dreaming journeys. Welcome back to the Dream Hub podcast, Amina. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So how have your lucid dreams evolved since our last conversation? They've definitely, I feel like, increased in frequency um, because I've officially stopped smoking and that's helped me a lot. So I'm really proud of myself on that one. I feel like I'm just taking my lucid dreams more seriously. So I'm happy about that. That's so cool. How long have you gone without smoking? It's been like a month now. Whoa, that's huge. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal for me. How long, like how many days did it take before your dreams really came back fully? After like three days, I was already like remembering a lot more. And then within like a week, I was already having more lucid dreams than I had consistently. So that's so cool. I've been noticing with... I just ask a whole lot of different people, a lot of different things and test things out personally. But I noticed um, smoking weed, that's what we're talking about, marijuana. It really blocks your dreams. But also things like smoking vapes, like people don't realize like the nicotine and the chemicals and stuff like that has a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. And it just like blocks them all out. So yeah, everything that you put in your body has some sort of effect. So it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't smoke vape, so I wouldn't know personally, but definitely smoking weed like makes me not remember any dreams at all. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, why can't we have the best of both worlds now? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, oh, well, I guess then we have those onerogens. Like I was talking to Jack on my last episode and we we're talking about you too. Um, yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. They can kind of help to balance it out if you have like a habit of smoking and you need something to kind of like wean you off so that helps me for sure that's so cool I'm gonna go deep straight away because like your podcast is called the dream world podcast your business is the dream world and I wanted to know like how do you think the concept of the dream world as another dimension influences our understanding of dreams and reality like yeah answer that and is that why you named your business that Yeah, for sure. I mean, it really is like another dimension, like you said. I mean, I fully believe that. Of course, not everybody would think so, but I do think so. 
Um, and it really shows you that like we're more than our physical bodies, that we exist beyond this physical realm. And every night when we go to sleep, we like peer into these other dimensions. We spend a lot of time there um, doing things outside of our body in this so-called dream body in the dream world. So it's, yeah, it's really fascinating what can go on there and the things that you can do to like bring into your waking life. Um, because yeah, things work differently in the dream world. So, you know, it, there's a lot of opportunity for like healing and growth if you use it wisely. I've heard of people talking about the dream world and how there's like similar, like there's particular like rules and regulations and things that you notice about dream characters and stuff like that. And for me, I always find that there's these authorities that are, and they usually wear red. I don't know if you hear people talking about that often, <laughs> but it's always like yeah. there's like people and they're, yeah, making sure of the rules are being followed and saying where you can and can't go and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I've had that experience and like people will describe them differently and like because it is a different dimension, it's hard for us to understand how it works. Like it's kind of hard for our human brain to comprehend the laws and the rules and so to speak, you know, it's not like how we think it might be. Um, but a lot of people have like had these types of experiences where they will see like some sort of guard or like, you know, security type of people. Like I've heard this so much that I've kind of like called them the dream police. And it's happened to me too. Like if I'm lucid, there'll be some sort of character that's either trying to wake me up or like get me to not become lucid. Um, and I don't think that necessarily means we're doing anything wrong. I just think that, you know, when we're lucid in this other dimension, a lot of times we can cause chaos and we can do all these things. So like some sort of order has to be kept or maybe it's just a way to like add an extra level of challenge so that we stay lucid and take it seriously and don't go around killing dream characters for no reason because maybe we think it's just a dream, but we really are impacting dream characters and our own psyche. Um, so there has to be some sort of order um, and maybe we don't fully understand how it works but you can definitely tell once you've had enough lucid dreams that sometimes there's just like it's just bigger than you you know sometimes the things you try to do don't necessarily work and things like that yeah definitely yeah it's bigger than you and, and the outcomes that you get aren't always what you expected I suppose when you think of dreams that they're happening in another world that we can all access ourselves then we sort of come onto the topic of shared dreams. So it's like when two different people meet up inside the dream world and then share the same story of what happened. Like I know of a story about Robert Wagner and he and some other lucid dreamers did this and the next morning they were able to describe the same dream and they could like describe what the different characters who were all sitting around the table looked like. So it's like as if they have the same memory as if they're in the same dream. Have you ever explored any dream sharing experiences? Yeah, I have. Um, and I've had like very like similar dreams, like a shared dream, I would consider it with my brother, who's also a lucid dreamer. And I also have a, a couple lucid dreamer friends that we're doing like some kind of like experiments to try to give each other a keyword in the dream. Um, so if we can guess each other's keyword from the dream, you know, that would prove that we actually shared a dream space. Um, and that kind of goes back to the idea of like, this is another dimension that we can all access. So it's not necessarily easy or something that we've been able to like prove with consistency because it's so non-tangible. 
but yeah, like there's so many stories, including Robert Wagner's, which he wrote about in his book, um, where we're able to access this dimension and share a reality from outside the physical realm, which I think is so cool. Mm. My mom and my sister used to do it when I was little and I thought that they were just making it up and I was like, not included. So I was like, but they would like, where are we going to go tonight? Oh, let's go to the beach. And then they'd plan that they would go to the beach and the next morning they'd wake up and talk about who they saw and what was there and everything. And I do remember one morning them both going crazy because they both saw the same lady holding a beach ball. Um, And that was pretty cool. Now I believe that's awesome. Yeah, I believe it. And I think that like, if you're emotionally connected with somebody, it's easier to like share a dream space, especially if you plan it out. So it seems like they were incubating it. That's awesome. Definitely. Are there any new scientific developments or research in the field of lucid dreaming that excite you? Yeah, I'm so excited to see new people talking about dreams, especially like in a like academic research setting. Um, A lot of people are trying to bring lucid dreamers into the lab and find out different connections between what's going on in the brain and like connections between lucid dreaming and meditation. Um, People are even studying, you know, different foods and supplements and how they impact the ability to lucid dream. So I think it's really cool. I mean, I love following the research. There's also a lot of new technology, which, you know, there's some controversy behind a lot of them, but a lot of people are coming out with devices and things to help you lucid dream. So there's, it's starting to take an interest in like the scientific world. And I love to see it. Mm. Have you ever tried one of those lucid dreaming eye masks? And they, I think they I have tried the senses or noises or something. Yeah. Like I tried the Remy mask, but it didn't work for me. Um, and that one's not the best one because it doesn't, it operates just off of like a timer loop. So it, it's like not for sure that it'll shine the light when you're in REM sleep. There are other ones that actually detect REM sleep, which are supposedly more effective. Um, and maybe I just didn't give it a good enough shot, but I didn't see the light in my dream. Yeah. <laughs> Have there been any dream inspired creative projects or collaborations that emerged directly from your podcast discussions? Yeah, I mean, definitely like people that I've brought on my podcast are, you know, people like you and me that are interested in dreams and have some sort of projects going on. Um, So through through talking and networking with people on the podcast, I've like become I've joined different people's experiments that they've been doing um, and just research projects. Um, I've made friends that I'm doing like lucid my own lucid dreaming experiments with, which has been really fun. So I've made a lot of like academic connections in that way. and creative projects, well, I have had like some ideas, like I'll just be talking to somebody about something cool and they'll be like, oh, I did this in my dream or this in my dream. And then I'll be like, wow, I need to try that. And then I'll try it and it'll turn into something cool. Um, so yeah, it's always like inspiring in some to some degree. Yeah, that's so cool. I love hearing of all the different ideas and inventions and things that come out of dreams. I often have like business ideas in dreams, but I don't know if any of it's really tangible. (laughs) Like it's always really weird. Um, As an example, I dreamt about, you know, like a toilet paper roll. So when I, you get to the end of the toilet paper roll, there was like a plumber's business details like stamped onto the roll. And I was like, oh, that's a really good place for advertising for plumbers. (laughs) so it's just that's funny stuff that I'm like oh it's not really related 
to me, but it's just funny. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you never know. It, you might have like a situation in life where you're like, oh, I had this idea in a dream once and it might serve helpful to somebody. Yeah, definitely. Or I'm wondering, is there like a hidden spot for me to do marketing that's like within side of something else? I don't know. But yeah, it was just funny. I'm like, that's a weird invention. <laughs> in your interaction with dreamers worldwide, have you come across any unique or surprising cultural perspectives on dreaming? I mean, it's hard to say. I can't really speak on other cultures and viewpoints. Um, I do know that it varies so much. I mean, people take a spiritual standpoint and then people take a more scientific standpoint. And then there's the people in between. Um, but I do know that like even beyond way before our modern Western culture, um, People have been studying dreams for spiritual practices and talking to ancestors all the way back to like ancient Egyptians and even further beyond that back to like Aristotle and, you know, Jesus times and like all around the world for centuries. And I think that we've kind of lost that a little bit. And I think we're just now starting to get it back um, because it's been suppressed for so many years. So I'm excited to see that. And I think all over the world, people are starting to waken up to their dreams a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the other cultures hold it stronger than we do. It's nice to see that we're starting to now. This will be my first podcast episode for the year. And in Japanese dream culture, I heard that the first dream that you have of the year kind of predicts what your year is going to be like. So do you remember your first dream of the year? Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't say it was necessarily all that positive. I'm still trying to interpret it in a more positive way. But um, definitely there was some like uh, metaphors of like standing up for myself and not taking any crap from anybody. So that's good. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe you can call me back after this and I'll help you interpret it. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Okay. So we all know that the number one thing to do when you're starting off with dream work is to write your dreams down. (laughs) Could you share how your personal dream practice has evolved over the years? Like, what do you do now? Do you have rituals at nighttime or what do you do when you wake up? How do you do it? Yes, I love this question because I feel like I have a lot of good tips that help me that might help other people. It's evolved a lot. One thing is with my dream journaling. So what I do, I kind of have an evening ritual. I meditate for like 10 minutes. That's like as much as I can handle. If I could do more, I would. (laughs) Um, But that's where I'm at now. So I meditate for 10 minutes. I try to like relax, you know, I take some blue lotus tea or whatever onrogens I'm kind of feeling like that day. And then I do a dream incubation. So I always have a dream plan ongoing. It changes over time, but like, you know, it's always like one or two things that I want to do when I get lucid or type of thing that I need to get out of my dream. And so I think about that as I'm going to sleep. Um, I kind of do a little prayer incubation in my head as I'm falling asleep. Um, So it's the last thing on my mind. And I turn on a voice activated recorder app on my phone. And this has been a huge thing for me um, and for my dream recall. And what it does is it just records all night and it only picks up when I talk. And so if I'm like in the middle of the night or when I wake up, before I even like roll over and open my eyes, I just kind of start dictating what I remember from my dreams. And I remember a lot more because by the time I get up and unlock my phone, I've already forgotten half of it. So a lot of times I remember things that I never would have remembered. I don't even remember saying it half the time. Um, And then I go back in the morning and I listen to it. 
And um, then I transcribe it in text into my dream journal app. And then I think about it for a while and ponder it. But that's like my process that helps me a lot with dream recall. Mm, that's so good. I love how you're really focusing on clearing out your mind before falling asleep and planning what you want to do. Whenever I don't, if I don't have like something I want to incubate, I feel so lost when I'm falling asleep, but my go-to just ends up being, show me what I need to know. <laughs> and I'll think about that. Yeah, that's a good one. I wanted to ask you about the role of meditation in enhancing lucid dreaming abilities. So like, how does that help? Yeah, there's a connection. And this has also been scientifically proven that frequent meditators um, have more frequent lucid dreams and have more dream control. Um, and one really solid foundation for lucid dreaming is mindfulness. So the more mindful you are, the longer and more vivid your lucid dream will be because you're more present and aware and you're like focused in on the dream environment. So meditating kind of helps you strengthen that muscle, so to speak. They're kind of like the same foundational muscle of conscious awareness. Conscious awareness is essentially being lucid and meditating is conscious awareness. And it kind of practices the, the ability to like stay calm and be mindful and present especially mindfulness meditation, that one specifically, because it literally will help you um, when you become lucid to just be more mindful and be more present. So it kind of is the same brain muscle in a way. Yeah. And then you don't slip out of the dream so quickly. I exactly. sort of try to think of that, like throughout my day, I'll try to be mindful and just pretend that I'm in a dream. Like, okay, if I got lucid right now, like, what would I be doing? And I'd be like trying to pay attention to things and look around at what's going on and everything like that. Or like you say, like yeah. eating the dirt and touching the grass and like. <laughs> yeah, that's a great everything. practice. I do that too. Like when I do my reality checks, okay, so even if I know, okay, I'm not dreaming, I would still take it further. Like, okay, if I was dreaming and I kind of pretend for a second, like, what would I do? What would I think? Like, what, you know, what would be my next move based on the environment that I'm in? Um, and I take a second to like, you know, stop and smell the flowers or like really look at my environment and take it in like I would in a dream. Um, and it kind of helps me practice because then when I do get lucid, I already it's like second nature to me. Like, OK, what am I going to do? What's my dream plan? Like, how do I stabilize the dream? It, it kind of becomes like just like automatic. Mm. If we were in a dream right now and you just realized that we were in a dream and you became lucid, what would you do? Oh my God, that would be so cool. Okay, I would definitely start talking to you about like, I don't know, some cool dream plan. Maybe I would probably like try to figure out something. Let's see, what would I do? Currently, my dream plans are trying to get a keyword from a lucid dreamer friend. But since I have you here, I would probably start talking to you and just like, you know, get some cool answers, maybe plan something out for the future about like what we have going on. Maybe think of like a cool podcast episode okay. that like we could bring into the waking life. And then I would probably get up and start doing other stuff and get distracted. Yeah, <laughs> I always do too. Yeah, that would be interesting. I would, if I became lucid right now, yeah, I would ask you, are you really Amina? <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> and see if yeah. you can tell me something to prove it. I've started trying to do the clarity now to make the dream clearer. And yeah, in my lucid dreaming checks recently, I've been doing it in waking life. So like my daughter knows if I see a star, I always check if I'm in a dream. 
and she pulled something out the other day with stars on it and goes, look, mama star, are we in a dream? And I, so I look around and then I sit on the floor and I go clarity now. So <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? But I'm That's like, so I have cute. to do it in real life to like feel yeah. that I'm doing it. And then I'll automatically do it in my dream. And then I'm usually, I become lucid before I realize that I'm lucid. Does this happen to you? And I will automatically do the things I've been planning. And then halfway through it, I kind of come to. It's like I subconsciously become aware before I consciously become aware. It's so strange. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. That's why people don't understand like the value in really, really doing these mindful practices in your waking life because it does carry over. And that happens to me sometimes. Like I'll start doing reality checks or even talking about lucid dreaming before I even realize that I'm dreaming. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Lana had me practicing like doing a, a lap of the room. So I would just start touching all the objects and just walk the perimeter of the room. And then in a dream, I became lucid and I was already halfway through doing the perimeter. So like... I would have partially become lucid and automatically gone, oh, I need to do a perimeter of the room and started doing it. And then my full awareness came in once I was already halfway around. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's like got to do it in real life to get there in your dreams. It's so funny. Yeah, and you can really feel what it's like to do it. So, you know, you're already kind of ready and like you're even you're mentally and physically, you already know what to expect. So it makes yes. a big difference. It actually reminds me for those people that are listening that know me it's similar to what I would do when I was in the bodybuilding industry and practicing our poses and I was a posing coach and I would coach girls how to walk like a model on stage and how to do like the bodybuilding poses and I would make them practice it so many times that they'd be able to do it in their sleep or like because this one time on stage I walked out and I hadn't practiced it enough and I just went completely blank and forgot what to do and just had to make it all up on the spot and I was like I will never let that happen to me again so I just would practice it physically so many times that if I got too nervous and went blank my body would like automatically know what to do and I feel like that's what we need to do for lucid dreams as well like have a plan that it's so deeply ingrained into you that you'll just do it anyway without even having to stop and think like what am I going to do your body's like I know what to do <laughs> and just takes yeah, over <laughs> exactly can you share a memorable dream experience that had a profound impact on your waking life? Yes, I can. One dream that I shared recently on uh, Robert Wagner's magazine, which actually impacted my waking life in the sense that like, so I was going through a really tough time. I was going through like a breakup um, and it was like right after I was like so down. I was like really depressed. I was just like going through it, but I knew I had to move on, but I was like still very much hurting um, and like grieving the relationship and whatnot. And then I had a dream where I wasn't lucid in the beginning. I started off in the apartment that I lived in with my ex and things were like messy and there was like trash everywhere. And like while I was there, I realized that I was dreaming. I became lucid because I knew, okay, I don't live here anymore. And immediately like I became lucid. So I remembered my situation and all the pain and everything. And like I literally called out to the dream like, with like a feeling in my heart of like, I need love and healing. Like it was like a cry for help from the dream basically. And I was like, I need a spirit guide or like, I need some healing. Or I said something along those lines. Um, and then this man pops up from like out of the wall, like out of nowhere. And he's like, oh yeah, your spirit guide has been wanting to see you. Like, come with me. I'm glad you're here. 
Um, and I was like, thank God, like just fix, fix me. I don't know what to do, but just fix me. Um, and so he like takes me through the wall, like Harry Potter style. <laughs> and then we're like in this room and there's like this lady who like looks like, like an Indian goddess type of vibe. She's like wearing all red and she's like just radiating like love and energy. And she's like, close the door behind you. And there's like these double white doors. So I like kick them closed with my feet. So that was kind of symbolic there. Um, and then she's like, you know, she's like, don't worry, I got you. You're going to be okay. And she's like, take my hands. And she like grabs my hands, but like outwards like this somehow she's, I don't know, she's like an interdimensional being. Okay. So it makes sense. <laughs> and so I'm like, she's like holding me like this and we start spinning around. And then it turns into like this magical movie scene where it was like, this like glittery magical forest and we're just like spinning through this forest in the air like literally like a fairy tale and there's like this song playing and it's just like the most beautiful song I've ever heard in my life I can't even remember it exactly but I remember the feeling and like through she was holding my hands like this as we're spinning and she's like injecting love into me like I feel it pulsating through my heart and it's just like all like I just was not upset like I was feeling at bliss it was like the most pure love energy I've ever felt and for like 10 minutes straight, where she's just like injecting me with this love. And then I feel her pulling away, like slipping away. And I didn't want to let go, but I knew like, okay, it's time for me to let go and move forward. And it was a dream, right? But when I woke up from that, I literally was healed. I, I swear to God, I know it sounds crazy, but I was not in pain anymore. I was over it after that. It literally took that one dream. And I was like, I was fine. I wasn't upset. I wasn't he grieving or sad anymore I was like that feeling of love stayed with me for like a week it was like literally in my body but even after it kind of like faded I was I was completely fine I never looked back or thought about that person again <laughs> that's so amazing that's so beautiful it really goes to show how lucid dreaming can help you heal like I know that we're always saying it like dreams are so healing and people are like but how but that's a perfect example and also being able to remember it and being able to get lucid in it would, would also help. Like if you didn't have these practices in place, you might have just woken up the next morning without having that whole extra amazing level to it. And you would have been like, oh, I just dreamt of being with my ex surrounded by rubbish and then felt terrible all day. But because you were able to actually step it up to the next level, you just healed like completely and saved yourself all that pain and misery going into the future. Like that's so amazing. There was two things that I was thinking. The first thing was it lasted for 10 minutes and then you told me earlier that the only amount of meditation that you can really handle at the moment is 10 minutes. <laughs> so I wonder, like, if you it, it, try to extend your meditation time period, if that would be able to extend your lucidity in dreams as well. Oh, for sure. I know that it would. Yeah, it would. And I'm working on it. Like my goal is to eventually be able to meditate for an hour. And that seems so far fetched to me at the moment. <laughs> um, but I started off with one minute and then I upgraded to five and now I'm at 10. So, you know, That's little by little. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't just try and chuck yourself into something that you're not ready for because it's just you don't want to set yourself up for failure. I don't think I could do more than 10 minutes either. I don't know. Yeah. I'll try. I'll try and go for 15 and you try and go for 15 and we'll see how we go. <laughs> I think we could do it. The other thing that I'm going to be looking at the clock after 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I was wondering about was because I know I've done some dream interpretation for you before and like feet and shoes come up a fair bit and you were saying how you kicked the white doors closed. Like, can you share about 
your unique dream symbols and like what that meant for you? Yeah, feet and shoes are a big one for me. And I actually had one the other day regarding like footsteps and shoes and things. And it's always something weird surrounding them. Yeah, it's like I use them as like symbols, like triggers for reality checks. So they help me with lucidity. Um, and I'm still kind of, I'm so bad at interpreting my own dreams. So I'm still trying to figure out like the meaning of things. But I do recognize dream symbols that pop up for me a lot. Like being in the car is another big one for me, like that type of environment. So yeah, it's quite interesting when you start to notice patterns. Mm, yeah, definitely. And if you're using it as a trigger, then it's more likely to show up in your dreams. Like, yeah, definitely. When I started, it did, whatever you choose to use as a trigger, all of a sudden you'll just start noticing it more in your dreams. The things about shoes that I was thinking is like when there's a lot of shoes, sometimes it can be that you're trying to find the right fit you or with like stepping off like is this the right step to take type of a thing I just loved the the kicking the door closed that kind of just showed to me that that's how you're feeling about your ex and you're ready to just like kick that door closed and never think yeah. about him again <laughs> yeah exactly and I was so ready to like talk to this dream character spirit guide that I didn't even want to give the door my full attention like I didn't even want to turn around to close it I was just like okay I did it now what <laughs> That's so cool. I love it. Yeah, I've been hearing about people having like three hour long lucid dreams and I would absolutely love that. But I know that in dreams, the concept of time and space is completely different to what it's like here. Like what's it like for you in your experiences? Yeah, for sure. It's it's different. Um, when I say I've had a 10 minute long dream or a one hour long dream, I'm translating it. So like it felt like that long in terms of my experience of how we would translate it to how we experience time. But in reality, I mean, it could have been three seconds long. Like I've actually tested this out. Like um, if I go to sleep at 3am and then I have a dream and I record it at like 325 you know, I know that it's been 25 minutes that I've been asleep, but the dream may have felt like three hours and I did all these things and, you know, um, so it doesn't translate exactly. Um, and that's because dream, the dream world doesn't operate on linear time. Linear time is something of the 3D physical reality. And a lot of people don't understand this concept. So it's hard to wrap your mind around because we're so programmed to live in physical reality where we experience things in order from past, present to future. But the dreams don't do that. Um, in dreams, it's all simultaneous. And that's why you're able to see the future, the past, the present. You can experience three hours in three seconds or, you know, a three second dream. And it's really been two hours or whatever, you know. Um, and we know that time is relative already. This has been proven by physics, because if you go to another planet with a different gravity or weight, we experience time differently. Like you could spend seven years there and it's been 30 years on Earth. So time is fake, so to speak. So <laughs> yeah. the dream world shows that as well. I think the longest dream I probably had lasted like a week in the dream world. And then often they'll be like two days long and the dream will probably have only been half an hour long. So the last year, this last year, 2023, I remembered nearly a dream every night and some nights like up to three or four dreams. And it felt like the longest year of my whole life. Like, I was like, I feel like I've been 34 forever because I'm like going <laughs> off and doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So really, I've probably had about four years in the space of one year of what it feels like in my life. 
So it's just funny. Yeah. Some people are like, geez, this year went quick. And I'm like, no, it didn't. It went so slow. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we're literally living in another dimension part time, which I yeah. think is really cool. <laughs> Have you noticed any trends or shifts in the way that people are approaching their dream practices these days? Yeah, you know, I think it depends on the person and what their personal goals and morals are. Um, a lot of people, most people, I would say, are looking for personal growth and development. And so they're looking to get answers from their dreams. Um, and people are just starting to awaken more to realize like, hey, maybe my dreams mean something. Like maybe this is telling me something. Even people that are not spiritual and have never thought about their dreams are like, oh, what, what does this dream mean? Everybody is curious about their dreams, even if they don't know how to approach it. Um, I've also noticed like a a surge of people trying to use lucid dreaming for like work and productivity, which I think is funny, but you know, Hey, like there's so many things you can use lucid dreaming for, like whatever close your boat, <laughs> yeah. I guess. It depends on the people's interests. I know I definitely started to use it for that, like being in Lana's lucid entrepreneur lab. And she teaches us how to use our lucid dreams to get ideas for our businesses and what we're going to work on next. So it is, it is like, I never thought that that would be a thing, um, but it actually makes so much sense. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. I've been finding there's like a mixture of people who either want to lucid dream just because it's like epic and really cool and fun and they want to do cool stuff. And then there's people that love going on to like, there's a lot of dream interpretation groups on Facebook and they're like, I dreamt of this, what does it mean? And they, and then it's sort of like you, well, I like to sort of blend the two together and like you are, like you can lucid dream, get more information out of it. Also know that there's meaning behind different things as well, like knowing of all the layers and yeah, I, yeah, it's time for people to wake up and sort of realize that it's, it's everything all in one and it can be whatever you want it to be really like there's yeah. so many different things that you can do in dreams. Yeah. I try to avoid those dream interpretation posts because I usually get ticked off Yeah, I know. <laughs> because people will be like, what does this mean to like all these people? And then first of all, how are you going to depend on a bunch of random strangers to tell you what it means? Second of all, all the random strangers start commenting like, oh, it means this. It means this. You're doomed. You're this, you're that. And now I'm mad at all these random strangers for being so like, oh yes. my God, I just can't. I, I, I don't even <laughs> click on those posts. They make me mad. I know. I start like thinking, oh, I'll reply. And then I have, I have to write like two paragraphs to explain that like, no one can tell you what your dream means. I need more context. They'll be like, oh, I dreamt a tap was running of water. What does it mean? And I'm like, oh, well, well they, we need more information. Where was the yeah. time? Where were you? What was happening? How did you feel? Like, And they have happened. that. They just don't put it in the post. Yeah. It's like, so if you are one of these people and you want to know what your dream means, we're more than happy to help you figure it out. But please, as much detail as possible because yeah. one sentences don't really do it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I was thinking I should probably just make something up that I can copy and paste to reply to oh, those yeah, people. Oh, yeah, you that's should. Like, that's what I do. It so helps mean. a lot. Other people are commenting as well, being like, this is means misfortune. Like, you're going to have yeah. a horrible year. And I'm like, oh, don't tell yeah. me that. I know. And it's like, how do you know that? Like, you don't even know them. You didn't ask yeah. a single question. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Well, speaking of dream interpretation... I'm really, really proud to be a part of your newest project, the Dream World University. You had me on there as an expert in dream analysis, and that was such an honor. So this course that you've created is like a 10-week self-paced online course all about how to lucid dream and all other information about dreams too. You've got 
video lectures and written content from various professors, PDF studies and resources, audio files, meditations, downloadable tools, like you've got so much stuff. There's a public dream share, interaction with the community, challenges, prizes, weekly group sessions, all of this stuff. It's so valuable. And yeah, I would just wanted to ask you, like, how's it all going? What can you share with us about the course? Yeah, it's going really good. Um, You know, it's still like a little underrated, in my opinion, but it's basically, you know, I've been doing this for years. So all the things I've collected over the years, like books and audios and research studies and just different things, I've kind of put them all together in one place. Um, And everybody learns differently. Um, so there's different ways to learn, you know, there's a lot of videos of basically me explaining like everything I've ever learned and just passing that information on. Um, so it's a really good way to learn how to lucid dream. And I cover a lot of different dream topics. Um, and I'm just keep adding to it. Like I want to add more value and create a community. So I'm also doing like meetups and things so I can help people more one-on-one because I notice a lot of people would like sign up and then maybe they just like don't watch the videos, which is not my fault, but I feel yeah. responsible. Like I want to help you, like, come on. <laughs> so That's yeah. That's so funny. I saw your email come out that for the members of this group, that there's a monthly video meetup starting on January 31st. And for Aussies, it's the 1st of February. And I'm so keen to pop into this call and to meet everyone. So like you already have started a big community. I know that you run those voice clubhouse chats where it's like a big group phone call. And I noticed that you uploaded one as a podcast episode so that people could hear what it's like. And it was so cool hearing all the dreams and everyone's opinions and help with them. In your recent clubhouse sessions, what are some of the most interesting dream stories or insights shared by the callers? Oh my God, there's so many. Like it's always such a good Vibe. it's like one of those you gotta be there to really experience it kind of thing um but it always starts off as like me and my friend martin just talking about like oh how were your dreams this week oh good how about you and you know just like two friends and then somebody else will join in and it's kind of like become this thing where we have like a regular group of like 10 of us that are always there and then just like people love hearing us talk so much that they join in like oh i heard you say this it reminded me of this and this and that and, and then everybody starts sharing and then we inspire each other and there's so many synchronicities like every time we hop on there somebody's like oh my god i needed to hear this so it's always helpful to somebody somehow people share the craziest most interesting stories like share dreaming premonitions like visions Um, encounters with like deities it always gets mystical and spiritual and awesome Um, so it's a really safe space to really just dive deep into some tangents and sometimes we go off off dreams and talk about other spiritual things you know but we mostly talk about dreams yeah I can't wait to come on and check it out it sounds really cool you've definitely got a community around you already and with the dream world podcast being a top ranked lucid dreaming podcast What responsibilities do you feel come with influencing such a broad audience in their dream journeys? A lot. I mean, I feel like responsibilities of like spreading love and tackling misinformation out there, um, inspiring people to check out their dreams and like offering resources of like everything I've learned over the years to just like not gatekeep it and to give people that information. And yeah, just inspire people and like to continue to like put out this content that helps people in some way. Um, And I also have like this balance of like, keeping the science and the spirituality, like, you know, balanced out without going too much 
without being biased, but that's hard because obviously I have opinions and thoughts <laughs> and I'm the host of the podcast, but yeah, it's, it's just about continuing to do it really and getting all the perspectives so people can make their own decisions about what they believe and what they want to do with their dream work practice. You're really amazing and really admirable. I love how you say you don't gatekeep it. It's like, obviously your time is valuable and that's why we have to put dollar figures on stuff because otherwise, you know, how are you going to feed yourself? But I know yeah. that in your heart, you kind of seem like you wish that money wasn't even a thing on the earth because you just want to help and love everybody so much. <laughs> and I really see yeah. that passion in you. And yeah, I just love that. I feel the same. It's like people message me and I'm just like, telling everyone everything I can, which yeah, it can get exhausting because it does take a bit of energy from us to try to help people with their dreams. We can't just blurt it all out. You sort of have to stop and like get your mind into that like dreamy space to be able to help. You do one-on-one lessons. I saw the link on your website. So in the chat below or in the comments thingy, show notes, I'll put links there so people can get in contact with you. If you want help lucid dreaming, Amina is a pro. Like I said, she's been doing it her whole life since she was like eight years old or something like that. It's so incredible. Definitely check out her website. She's got heaps of other stuff on there too. I saw you even have mugs and teas and t-shirts and like a whole bunch of things. She's got a list of like the top 50 things to try in a lucid dream if you don't know what to try or you just want to try something new. That's always very exciting. Yeah, that list is really good. I want to make it into like a cute little coffee table book. I've actually written it with like a bunch of lucid dreamers from my clubhouse group and we've all added to it over the years. So if you need inspiration about what to do. And I also have like other blog posts like research articles and books and movies, just anything that I think of that might be helpful to people, I put it on there. So so tell me what's next for the Dream World podcast? Like what can your listeners look forward to in the upcoming episodes? I have a lot of awesome episodes. I have like more episodes than I can keep up with to still post because I'm always recording and I'm so bad at editing, but I've committed to posting every week. So I'm doing that. So hopefully I'll start rolling some of those out there. So if anybody was a guest on my show, please be patient. It will come out eventually. <laughs> Your husband included. <laughs> um, that one might be in the next week or two, actually. So that's going to be really good. We did an episode about breath work. I'm expanding on different things as well, like not just dream science, but like meditation and breath work and other things that are related. So I'm expanding the topics like I'm going to do episode on like near death experiences yes. and things like that. So like things that I'm fascinated with that I want to talk about that relate to dreams, but yeah. maybe are not, you know, lucid dreaming specifically. And then yeah, I'm trying to go to the dream conference this year, which is in Netherlands. So it's a big deal. But if anybody wants me to go, please support me and buy my <laughs> online course so I can go. <laughs> well, just buy us both plane tickets straight up. Yeah, that would be nice. Be generous. Yes. We'll go together and we'll make a vlog for you. So yeah. <laughs> yes, that would be great. We both need to go. Yes. <laughs> well, that's so cool. Yeah, I love doing all different topics, like not just specifically dreaming, but like the subconscious and everything related to that because it does all influence and it is like similar. I feel like Sam probably explained this in his episode with you that when I do breath work, it takes me into this, like the dream world. Like I go into the same sort of a place and I see similar like visions and images and symbols and things like that come up. And then it's good knowing how to interpret dreams because then when I come out of a breath work session, I can figure out like, oh, what did that mean? Or like I went to a breath work session the other week I just like astral projected 
up to my house. Like I was at a place and then I started doing breath work and then I all of a sudden just like jumped up the hill to my house and floated up into my lounge room was just like watching Sam and my daughter and my it was past bedtime and my daughter was going dad can I have a cup of tea and he's like no it's past bed and I was like I'll make it for you oh wait I'm not at home I meant to be doing breath work oh damn it Mel go back down into your body and so I just like went back to my body and then when I came home I asked him about that and he was like yeah she was asking for tea after bed and I told her no and I was like that's so cool so it's like these things are like connected in different ways and like yeah you could do that when you're dreaming or not dreaming or you know there's so much to it so it's really cool that you're really expanding your podcast to cover all different things I love that I actually asked Sam if he would come on my podcast and he was like oh Amina just messaged me this morning and I'm like of course she did because we always <laughs> go to do the same things <laughs> that's funny yeah we're connected we are and even that day the other day you posted about like people using dreams for sports and like how to yeah practice your sports in your dream and stuff like that and I didn't realize and I did a post that morning about how I used to practice like my posing and bodybuilding stuff within my dreams and I was like oh my god it's so related like rare topics but we're always doing stuff on the same day it's so funny I wonder if we have a bit of shared dreaming we might have to put together our dream journals and see what things match up <laughs> I know right yeah for sure we should try to meet up in the dream space and ex exchange keywords it seems like yeah. we're already connected so it shouldn't be too yeah, hard definitely connected in so many ways and our birthday I know that's crazy <laughs> Thank you, Amina. Thank you for coming on the Dream Hub podcast. I always love collaborating with you. Thank you for doing part two with me. I'm sure that we'll have some cool things coming up this year that we'll be able to share and expand on together and help the dreaming community with. I can't wait to come and jump into that group chat with the, the Dream World University. That's really exciting. I'll make sure I'm there. And yeah, Yay. thank you for coming on here. Thank you for being a great inspiration and mentor to so many people. Thank you so much, Melissa. You're awesome. And I'm just so excited for our future and the dream world. Yay. Thank you, dreaming sister. <laughs>